Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, Hamelech, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor and Rabbi, Billy Elias. Thank you, Loni. And hello, everyone. Um, welcome to another episode of Bearing the Burden um, from Elan Restoration Fellowship. And as... Um, the excellent Loni has said, my name is Pastor and Rabbi Billy Elias. Uh, yeah, so today I wanted to do something a little bit different, a little bit of a departure from what um, we normally do. Those of you who know me know that I'm a very big um, Civil War, I guess it was like kind of like a minor historian. I've studied it since I was 18 years old, um, so it's been quite some time. Um, and there's one particular case and, and one particular incident that I want to speak about that I thought it was such a great application of using a battle plan. Um, and of course, like I said, it happened during this, the American Civil War at the place called Antietam. Or if you um, are on the Confederate side, the Battle of Sharpsburg. So... I'm just going to have a little fun with this, um, but the, the idea behind what we're going to do right now is we're going to read General Order number 191. It's called Lee's Lost Order. And I'm going to read a telegram from then um, Major General George B. McClellan to President Lincoln as the battle plans... Um, for Lee's movements out of Northern Virginia into Maryland were discovered. So just as a quick background, um, General Jackson um, wrote a letter to General D.H. Hill, okay? And um, during that time, somehow, some way, it got lost. And so... A sergeant in, in one of the Union regiments found it wrapped in a group of cigars. So when he opened it and read it, obviously it made its way up to um, the chain of command to George McClellan. Um, they called him Little Mac. And he had, literally had Lee's movements and battle plans in his hands. Okay? Um, and so what we're going to do is well, I'm going to read to you the letter that he wrote to George McClellan um, at the morning, on the morning of September 13th, 1862. Actually, this was written at 11 p.m. General Order 191. <laughs> to the President, I have the whole rebel force in front of me, but I'm confident and no time shall be lost. I have a difficult task to perform, but with God's blessings, will accomplish it. I think Lee has made a gross mistake, and that he will be severely punished for it. The army is in motion as rapidly as possible. I hope for a great success if the plans of the rebels remain unchanged. We have possession of Catacoctin Creek. I have all plans of the rebels and will catch them in their own trap if my men are equal to the emergency. I now feel that I can count on them as a vault. All forces of Pennsylvania should be placed to cooperate at Chambersburg. My respects to Mrs. Lincoln, 
received most enthusiastically by the ladies, will send you trophies. All well, and with God's blessing, will accomplish it, George B. McClellan. Now, this telegram was received at 1 p.m. on September 14th to the White House. So the morning of the battle, three days later on the 17th, four, or, so yeah, four days later, I apologize, the 17th, right, four days later, when it was time to put the final stroke and end the war in 1862, okay? Now understand that the morning of the battle, McClellan mirrored Lee's movements brilliantly and drew him in. Everything that Lee had written had turned out to be 100% correct. And when we were about to end the Civil War, I mean, we're talking in September of 1862, the war could have ended right here. He had the entire Army of the Northern Virginia right in front of him. McClellan ceased. He stopped. He came to the moment, and Lee was in panic mode because he couldn't understand how he was being outmatched, what was happening, and McClellan panicked because he didn't believe the battle orders were accurate. Everything up until that time was exactly what the order said, but McClellan did not believe the plan. So they were drawn into battle at that place called Antietam, which was uh, an extraordinary horrendous battle to the point where it is said that Antietam Creek itself ran red with the blood of those who were killed. In a fury, after the battle was won, Lincoln removed McClellan just two months later for his debacle. However, the Battle of Antietam served to be more of a politically a political victory than it did militarily is because after the Battle of Antietam, General um, Abraham Lincoln did announce his Emancipation Proclamation. So, you know, telling that story, I think it's important that you understand how you can see a real-life example of how the Word of God lays out a plan for us, our victory, our healing, our liberty. See, we're told what the enemy's battle plan is. We're told what he desires to do. We're given history throughout the Tanakh on what he desires to do and how Israel failed. The Apostle Paul and some of the writers of the Brit HaHadishah, the New Covenant, also point out and give great advice as to how to combat the enemy, the spirit in which to combat the enemy and and to to remind us who the enemy is. You see, the word of God is our battle plan, right? The word of God lays out the victory that we should have. It gives us the strengths and weaknesses not only of our enemy, but of ourselves. And like I said, it lays out the enemy enemy's battle plan against us. But what's more, it tells us how to have victory. It tells us how to fight. And it tells us who we can depend on. And the only thing we have to do is read it, study it, and believe it. We have to read it, we have to study it, and believe it. 
And then finally, we have to become it, don't we? You see, we can read it and we can hear it and we can do all of these things. But if we don't become the word of God, and by that, I mean take ownership of the word of God, use it, not let it go from into our, uh, through our eyes, through our ears, into our brain, down into our hearts where we grasp we grab hold of it, and that's when it embodies us. That's when it, it, we become whatever scripture, whatever it is we're reading. We become the word of God at that very moment. I'm not saying in a messianic implication. I'm talking about us becoming living ambassadors and living testimonies of the word of God. You see, if we could become it, we will begin to see victory. We'll begin to see freedom. We'll begin to see liberty. Are we going to be defeated at times? Absolutely. Are we going to lose battles? Absolutely. See, many people believe that once I get saved, I've won the war. No. You've won the, well, yes, you've won the war, but you haven't won a battle yet. And the, and, and the idea behind this is the battle upon salvation begins because Satan does not want you to accomplish what God has set out for you. It's that simple. And he will do everything he can to impede it, to deter it, to steer you away from it. But whatever it is, God has called you to be, God has called you to do, Satan's going to do everything he can to stop it. So he's going to come to kill, rob, and destroy. But we have the word of God. And it really does come down to one of the big, I guess the biggest question that has to be answered at this moment is, do you believe the word of God? Do you believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth? Do you believe that, that Jesus, Yeshua, our Messiah, went to the cross and died and is the only way to salvation? There is no other way to the Father but through him. He is the only way by which we gain salvation. He is the only way by which we gain freedom. He is the only way by which we have deliverance. And he is the only way by which we overcome. I know this one's a bit short and that's okay, but I, I, I wanted to throw it out there. Because the question now becomes, do we believe the battle plan? And do we believe that God said what he said and is who he is? That's the timeless question of the ages, isn't it? So as always, thank you for tuning in. And I do pray the Lord's blessings on you. And as always, again, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom, peace. In the precious name of Jesus, our glorious Messiah, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace. Peace.